Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There's no doubt that Uber and other ride-sharing companies have changed how a lot of us get around. But there are certain times when you need to get somewhere when Uber just won't cut it. Say, for example, you're a bride and need to be driven to your wedding with your father. That's not really a let's take an Uber occasion, nor is a prom, a funeral, or a range of other events where you need a limo or a car service. For those events, for the past 30 years, New Orleanians have been calling Nicole's Limousine and Shuttle Service. The president and owner of the company is Mike Nicole. Mike, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, most of us can't take a limo every day. For the other more mundane days of the year, you have to drive yourself. And that means at some point, you have to do something that's both exciting and one of the most dreaded human experiences uh, besides root canal. You have to buy a car. Uh, there are a number of ways you can do that, all of which involve an element of risk about what you're buying and a good chance you paid too much for it. That is until now. A new web-based platform called Redrive is changing the way we buy a car. It started right here in New Orleans, and its co-founder is Max Berwick. Max, welcome out to lunch. Glad to be here. Now, Mike, I'll start with you. You've grown your business the old-fashioned way. You started out with one car, driving it yourself. You've gradually built up the business to where you now have a fleet of limos, town cars, a Rolls-Royce, a stretch Hummer, and a bunch of buses and more. I guess you need to have all these elements in place to run a car service, but I imagine that most of these cars are needed on weekends or special occasions, and for most of the week, they're sitting idle. Is that right, or is, or is the demand more constant? Uh, it depends. Like, during the week, if there's a convention in town, they all run it. Uh, uh, right now, we're getting ready to kick off our conventions probably in September, and they all start coming back to here, and... Uh, those are the good times, September all the way through, I would say, the end of June. Summertime's a little slow. Now, you, um, you have to make big decisions every day. Like, you recently got a, uh, a Mercedes-Benz uh, Sprinter, a uh, 12-seater. That's probably very expensive. How do you make those decisions about whether it's well, going to be worth it? let me tell you. I look back at myself 30 years, and I started with one limo. You've got to change with the times, or you're going to be out, out of business. And I, at the first few years, I had a couple limos, and the next thing I know, I had buses, and I had Rolls Royces, and stretch hummers, and limo buses. So you, now, after 30 years even, times are changing. Limousines are getting kind of out of style almost. And the big vehicles now are shuttle buses, where you get big groups of people going together, and the SUVs, like an Uber car, but they want more of a personal driver. Now, the w one thing I always think about is you have those great billboards where you're in the back seat of a limo and two women are kissing you. Um, I guess the first thing, <laughs> does your wife know about this? Well, one of them is my wife. Oh, all right, okay, that, that's, that's a lot better. <laughs> and, and the other one is my vice president. And the way we were smiling, uh, I had my sister-in-law behind a camera guy, and she did some, some things that we all were laughing at, and uh, that's how we all had big smiles on <laughs> 
<laughs> now, you started, your, your dad was in construction, you were with him. What made you make this change? I mean, were you out in the hot sun and thought, I, limos? I, I had, uh, my dad gave me like $8,000, and construction went down in 87. Oh, yeah. He says, here, here's 8000 and I'm going, what am I going to do with that? So I bought my first car, and when it first came in, I, I even slept in it when it came in, and uh, <laughs> like a little kid. And uh, I started driving, and I drove from probably 10 years, and um, it's crazy. <laughs> and I bet there's a big difference between driving your own car and running a, an organization like this. That must have well, been a stretch. Well, my car is a Rolls Royce, so I use it for the bride. So <laughs> I, I use it for the, for the weddings as well. So wow. I Did use you drive any, any, it here today? No. Because they would have <laughs> put it right out front of commanders. Yeah. That's a big deal. There's a <laughs> Now, Max, I'm sure you have to explain redrive 10 times a day. You have the explanation now down to a science. So walk me through what I do to buy a car on redrive, and why is it different from the online car buying and sales site uh, CarMax, for example? Sure. So redrive, in essence, is an online dealership with an endless inventory. So we have access to every single car in the nation that's being sold wholesale or through um, an auction house. And normally as a car buyer, you would never have an option to purchase anything on the back end. So what we're doing, CarMax doesn't do this, nobody else does this. Whether and these are all pre-owned? They're all pre-owned. Okay. Um, we are going to get into new, that is the next level for us. Um, however, this is the easiest place to start. Um, and these, those relationships take some time to build. Um, so realistically what you do is, you give us a call, uh, or you can go uh, through the website, and you let us know what you want to buy. And most of the time, you really don't know what you want to buy. You have an idea of what you don't want to buy, what you <laughs> don't want to spend, what you don't want to do. And that's because you're used to fighting with a car salesman, right? Or you're used to fighting for what you want. In this case, what we're doing is we're taking a customer-centric approach, which is right, talking to you, finding out what you really want out of the car, what you use it for, how much you're going to be driving with it, what your budget is. And from that information, we help you determine a range of cars that are available in your local area or around the country. And then from there, we can have the car shipped to you if you choose to purchase it. Well, the front end is different right there. You, you're not asking them to come up with, I want a uh, 2013 blue Jeep. You're asking more of what they really might need. Yeah, not only what you might need, um, Unlike a, unlike a dealership where you're limited to what's in stock there, and they're going to try to push whatever's in stock there, right? Um, we have an endless supply, so whatever's on the market anywhere, we can find you it. So if you have, I was talking to somebody yesterday, they want a new R8 or 2011 R8, right? It's very specific, uh, white, black interior with uh, the black fins on it, right? I have no idea where to get this offhand, but I can certainly tell you in a few hours, if it's available, we'll find it for them and have it delivered to them. And where does the, um, oh, the, the test drive come in? So test drives are difficult, right? Um, because it's not centered where you are, the car isn't there. So in this case, you may not get a test drive, which is not, um, it's, not uh, it's, it's not too far away from where the model is going. So you see a lot of other people in the industry right now. So you have BP, or you have Vroom, or you have Shift. And not all these companies are allowing for test drives because the cars aren't located where the customers are. So in essence, what the dealership, or what we would have to do in this situation is, we have to make sure that the car is reliable, so that way you can trust us as a brand and not have to test drive the car. So what, what's involved in that? Is there a standard number of uh, things you look at at the car, like check them off, yes. something like that? Yeah, so we do a 150-point inspection conducted wow. by an ASE-certified mechanic. So we can't say that, um, that the car is quote-unquote certified because that's a technical term owned by certain dealerships and companies, um, but we can say that it's been inspected by an ASE-certified mechanic. 
Wow. Now, now, the whole model, though, is changing, right? If, for instance, I was doing some reading on Tesla. Tesla's kind of a non-dealership kind of approach. What, what are they doing? So, really what they've done is they've just created a distribution point in malls. Um, and I guess you could say this is almost akin to um, the Amazon model, um, whereas you can try it out, you can see it there, they don't sell it. I don't know if you've ever taken a Tesla for no. a test drive. And driving a Tesla in a mall sounds very, very weird. It's, it's, yes. Um, <laughs> good. Uh, so um, when you take the car like for Tesla for a test drive, they don't try to sell you on anything. Literally, they just take you for a test drive in the car. You go in the car, they let you fly down the street at 70 miles an hour. I don't know if I could say that. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, you get to take the, the car for a solid test drive. They don't ever ask you if you really want to buy it. They don't push anything. And then at the end of the day or at the end of the ride, they just say, okay, we'll see you later. And that's it. Um, and then they follow up with an email, and then you contact them when you're ready to buy. So you don't, you don't wait outside and... Uh and uh, while the guy talks to his manager and you sweat, and I, I, I would really miss that part. No, I mean, I know it's an, it's an awful <laughs> thing. I mean, I, there's no bad coffee, um, <laughs> you know. Some uh, very bad daytime television. Of it. Yeah. The, you know, I gotta, you are uh, something a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't expect is you're, you're a pretty macho guy. You were in the Navy as a rescue swimmer. Yes. And, uh, but all the things I see about you post that are um, you're kind of a techno uh, business, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, kind of startup guy. Uh, how, did, how did all that get going? Oh, my God. Um, so I was doing the macho thing up until, uh, <laughs> up until the middle of undergraduate. Um, I was actually preparing to go into a different unit um, in the Air Force, and I got injured doing CrossFit, and uh, my life changed. So I decided to go to law school and uh, didn't know much about that world, but by the second year of law school, I had realized that the law had finite bounds on it and that business didn't. And from that point on, I spent the second year, from second year of law school, just learning about business, learning about math, about science, about um, computer, computer programming, um, different functional programming elements. So, Now, what about um, the fact that you know, you're not originally from New Orleans. When did you get here and why are you here? Okay, so... We're, we're very glad you're here, by the way. There's uh, <laughs> we could use more Maxes. Um, I love being here. And honestly, um, I, I would say this, that I, don't, I think that if I wouldn't have come here, I would never have founded this company. And also, I don't think that I would have gotten the support that I needed to get this company off the ground. Um, I'd say this, that about the entrepreneurial community here, uh, it's incredibly supportive and also... Um, there's an interest in seeing people succeed. So that was definitely something I got here and something that I personally needed. Um, my girlfriend, Veronica, is from here. And, um, you know, we're just talking, and she showed me pictures of Audubon Park, and I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. <laughs> and she, t you know, told me about living here, and I said, all right, let's, you know, let's go try it out there. Let's go see what's up. And, um, you know, and that was really how it got started. Wow. Well, I've heard that from other entrepreneurs that it's a very uh, welcoming community and, uh, and less competitive against each other, more trying to help each other. Yeah. So you're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are Max Berwick, co-founder of web-based car sales platform Redrive and the owner of Nicole's Limousine and Shuttle, Mike Nicole. Mike, you've probably uh, had some pretty amazing experiences in those limousines. I, is it, are you like a priest where you can't talk about that? <laughs> or uh, forgive me, limousine driver, for I have sinned. I, this, uh, <laughs> well, some of the things, yeah, I probably won't have to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've had What if I promise to cut it out of the show? <laughs> <laughs> I've had some characters in my car. Uh, I mean, if, if I had cameras in the back, it'd probably, be, probably have a, a little 
reality oh, show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be the... <laughs> or if they just followed me around, I could have a reality <laughs> show. <laughs> Somehow I get the feeling that's correct, Mike. I don't, I don't know. The, uh, the now, if you know, you mentioned everybody's changing uh, the kind of vehicles they want to drive. Do you ever think of expanding beyond where you are now? I'll tell you honestly. This past year, I've kind of downsized, and uh, I'm not the only company that's doing it. I would say most all the companies are doing it. I think the Uber is taking. A, uh, you know, I've been through Katrina, bounce back. Yep. Been through BP, bounce back. Been through the economy, bounced back. Uber's kind of took a little bit of a toll on the, on the industry. It's kind of changing it a little bit. So um, I, I'm I'm. Sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards oh boy, again. Right. And uh, th that's after 30 years in business. That's where I'm at right now. So I could do. I've cut back probably 10 vehicles in this last mm -hmm. year, and I could probably do as much with those cars I have now like I have 30, and make the money more work, and those cars are working all the time, rather than having those extra 10 floating around out so there. You're working smarter, I guess. Smarter. They, uh, how long do, um, these limousines, uh, how much do they cost, and how long do they last? Well, the first one I bought was like $42,000. But that was in 1901 or something. The, uh, the, uh, the <laughs> 1870. 1870. <laughs> Back WW. <laughs> um, but now, the limousines are probably close to $100,000. Wow. Just the limousines. Now I got limo buses are close to two hundred thousand. Uh, my my Hummer that I bought uh, was uh, I bought the first one I bought was the actual H1, and when that one was like about one hundred twenty thousand. Who who decides which kind of group uses the Hummer? Well, when I first got that rescue it, swimmers it, like yourself, probably <laughs> kind of a macho thing. The, the, <laughs> the big thing was the proms. The kids loved it. You know, we would go to the lakefront. I I I was driving back then. I would. We would wear fatigues, <laughs> and, and, and it was kind of cool. We went along with the program, and then uh, we would drive on a levee and hope no cops saw us. And the kids loved it. You know, we just at the lakefront. They get the little small levees. We drove up there and got off kind of quick, and the kids went crazy over it. But the Hummers were kind of big, big, big for problems. <laughs> now, where do you find drivers now? Drivers are tough. Drivers. Uh, I have one driver that's been with me about twenty-something years. It's been with me. A long time drivers it's tough out there you know it because you've really got to check these folks out they, right? they they're not many they're not many chauffeurs out there no more you know I, I was talking about a driver who drives me now and this guy was a CEO of a company that he stepped down and he's driving now and this guy is a chauffeur I mean he's doing everything right he drove us um, this past weekend um, my wife and I t to eat and it was our anniversary and I told him to go get some power balls for me and he came back, and on the back seat, he had um, uh, napkins for the drinks made for me. And he also had, like, uh, sanitary to clean my hands and all. <laughs> and I said, where did this guy come from? And he gets to my office. He takes an hour before, cleans the car. The cars are clean, but he gets and inspects them. Yeah. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. Those are hard to find. Those though. are hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> no, earlier when we were getting ready for the show, I thought of the... Of taking an Uber to your own to a funeral, that really I, I thought about that. <laughs> now, you're right, we we can't do that. But, yeah. <laughs> now, Mike Max is the part of the show that we like to call your brother-in-law. Uh, you're heading home after a day at work. You're looking forward to watching Netflix when your phone rings. It's your brother-in-law. Normally, he only calls when he wants to borrow a car, but this time things are a little different. He wants some advice. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Your brother-in-law says he's starting a new business. 
he's got a custom shop in Los Angeles that's going to build him a Tesla limo. He's going to the bank to get money. He wants to know, will you guarantee the loan for him? I say, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Okay. Those cars, I mean, back in the day, they, they were stretching Corvettes, stretching Lamborghinis, and those are people that you're not going to get your money out of it. So I, w I would tell them, do not sign. The, I would not back you up. So it seems cool. But seems cool, but it's just for looks and for maybe promotional mention. All right. We saved him some money there. They probably saved you some money. He was the one trying to... <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying to sign along. <laughs> <laughs> now, Max, your brother-in-law tells you he's got a great new idea for a car service like Uber. It's aimed at moms who are sick of spending hours every day ferrying kids around. The business is called Mommy Van Beethoven. <laughs> he needs your help in writing a business plan. What would you tell him? No. No, no, uh, no, but seriously, um, I would say first place is I can't help you until you do the research. You got to research this. You got to know what you're talking about. Um, it's a great idea. Ideas are wonderful. And the reality is, is that, A, can you execute on this? And um, the size what, of the market, I guess what, you need what, some. Size of the market, do you know what the technological needs are going to be? Do you know what whether Uber, the back end of Uber is going to be able to help you? Um, you know, um, but, but primarily don't do that. Go do something else because Uber probably has you beat on this and they probably <laughs> already thought it out already. <laughs> I like that recent story where Uber was going to have driverless cars, which yep. it's funny. I talked to my students at Tulane. They think that's the coolest thing they've ever heard. It makes me want to never leave the house. <laughs> but it's a very different <laughs> approach. They, uh, and Mike, I could ask you, you'd mentioned when, when you uh, have a slight downsize, who buys limos? Is there a well, market? I, I got I got a... Over the years, I've bought many, many cars all over the United States from different coach builders, and I made a rapport with them. And now, since I bought cars, now I'm trying to reciprocate. Hey guys, I need to move my cars now. Can you help me try to sell it? Uh, and uh, they, I got two guys in California that are trying to help me sell two cars right now. That's, that's helped me out. And is there an as association? Uh, uh, There's a limo association, the uh, New Orleans Limo Association that we have here, and. Uh, and then nationally, there must be a... There's a national uh, NLA, National Limousine Association, ah. that you could belong to. Wow. I've been, I've been on it I was in Washington once, and I looked at the marquee of a conference I was speaking at, and the other, the other speaker was speaking to um, the Association of Associations. <laughs> so I, I figured <laughs> it's, getting, it's getting rough out there. They, uh, they now, Max, what did you do in planning out this business? Obviously, you, you saw a need uh, that, you know, maybe that the current plan, the, the one, for instance, Carmack Shoes could be better. What did you do next? Well, I went to a whiteboard first. Okay. Um, it, really what happened was um, a, f a friend of mine pitched me on the idea and I nearly fell out of my seat because I saw immediately, um, the first question you always have is, is there scale, right? Uh, is there scale and what's the barrier to entry? And I saw that this has incredible scale and the barriers to entry could be low. Um, so go to a whiteboard. I mean, I was doing the Operation Spark uh, uh, programming school here, and literally what we'd do is after class would end, we would stay in the. Then it was, I think it was a some kind of a some kind of a after school project kind of a place, and we would stay upstairs in the whiteboard area till you know past midnight, just boarding out the concept. Um, and then once we saw whether it was viable, then with this particular approach, only going piece by piece as far as what to execute first. So first thing would be, can we get agreements with lending companies that would be willing to work with us?
And yeah. so uh, that part worked, and then you started moving on? Yeah, yeah, that part worked, and surprisingly, um, you know, with startups, like, uh, the big thing is, can you pivot, and are you willing to change your plans as everything goes along? And I would say that that plan that night at that whiteboard looks nothing like what we're doing today. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Sunday will look nothing like it will next Saturday. <laughs> now, is it up and running? Yes, it's up and running. Um, we just completed our beta, um, so we're actually going to be taking down the site uh, later on this week. And from there, uh, we're going to be doing a different um, user experience build. Um, so it's intuitive as far as being able to collect the data. Um, so instead of you calling in necessarily to give us your information, we'll have questions that will be able to better suit your needs. Whether they're gas-powered, diesel, electric, chauffeured, or driverless, in a manner of speaking, cars are not going anywhere. They are an integral part of the life of almost every society on Earth. Between powering them up and buying and selling them, cars account for a significant segment of the U.S. and global economy. Max, we wish you the best of luck in revolutionizing the way we buy and sell cars. Uh, Mike, we thank you for the countless memorable weddings, proms, and other critical family and business occasions that you've been a part of for the past three decades in New Orleans. Thank you. <laughs> it's been great to meet you both. Thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch have been Mike Nicole, president and owner of Nicole's Limousine and Shuttle, and Max Berwick, co-founder of Redrive. You can find out more about Mike's limos and Max's car market by following the links on our websites, itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researchers, Matthew Ellefson. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music can be found wherever great jazz is streamed or stolen and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like and we're like like the models at car shows are really are they uh you can find photos from this show on our website and facebook page the photos were taken today by allison moon out to lunch is a production of ino broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and wwno 89.9 fm i'm peter raschuti thanks for joining me i look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at commander's palace for more business new orleans style on out to lunch Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp and 30 North Investments.